Hello and welcome back to the Well Said Podcast. I'm Andre and I'm here with my buddy. Sam. What's up man, how's it going? It's going great. We're back to talk to you guys again about um, the, the crazy, confusing, challenging culture that we live in and the process of following Jesus in the middle of that culture. And man, we have been missing. What's up with that? This is like the first time we're recording in like a month. You know, I and was, people are probably like, "What is going on right now?" Yeah, Andre, I was pushing you to record every single week, and you just oh, couldn't get things together. It's all my fault. You've got all these <laughs> kids running around and all these responsibilities, and you know, yeah, it's your fault. Why? Yeah, why couldn't well, you get it together? <laughs> you know what? I think actually, I'm going to reverse that. It's not my fault. It was actually my intention. It's summertime, man, and I think that you have to. What I'm learning, life is flying by. You got to really. You got to enjoy the the times that God gives you to enjoy. You got to take time off. You got to have fun. You know, you got to hang out with your family. You got to enjoy the sun. And that's what we've been doing. Oh, I know. I feel like that's what you've been doing. No, I've definitely been doing that. I'm totally joking here. But I've logged uh, about 65 miles of total outdoor backpacking uh, in the last two weeks. So I'm pretty happy about that. It's been great um, to have kind of a break from responsibilities here in part of my summer before everything gets really serious in the fall. So Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I read a book this past month that we're actually going to be giving away uh, at the conference. And that was just a huge, like a spiritual uh, rejuvenation, spiritual boost. It was really nice. You got to, you got to take the summer. You got to take it. You got to turn things down a notch. You got to enjoy it because, you know, everything flies by so fast. Speaking of the conference, we are one week away as of recording now. Well, I don't know when we're going to release this. We'll probably release this Monday. Or if I have time, we'll release it Friday. That'd be fast. (laughs) We're, We're releasing this podcast episode and we're just about five to seven days away from the conference. So, um... Creeping up on us. Yeah. yeah. Sam, what are the top three reasons that they need to sign up to the conference today? Uh, first reason is to support us in our... No, I'm kidding. <laughs> <laughs> um, top three reasons. One, to bring yourself closer to Christ in your relationship. To understand... Or number two, to understand how to process the issues of our modern-day secular culture through a Christian lens. Mm-hmm. And the third reason is because we want to see you there. Yeah. Yeah. It's going to be fun. It's going to be a fun weekend. Uh, We have friends coming from out of town, from Vancouver, BC, from Vancouver, Washington, some from Seattle. Guys, we want to encourage you, sign up, please, today. It is the best $25 that you're going to spend this summer. It's 25 bucks. Come on. And we're sitting here. Actually, Sam has his water cup standing on boxes of books from uh, InterVarsity Press. And I've got many, many copies of recapturing the wonder by mike cosper that you get a copy of when you sign up um so that's going to be another yeah, this book would cost like at least 20 bucks if you bought it on right Amazon. right so a 20 dollar book it's already a good value exactly even if you don't come to the conference just come and get the book yes <laughs> i'm kidding also just kind of to lure you in you know um woods coffee our local uh coffee obsession here has um has graciously volunteered to give us a bunch of coffee for the conference. So they will be making hot drip coffee. They will be, there'll be decaf. There'll be regular. We'll have cold brew from them. Wow. So we're, we're, we're stocked up on coffee from Woods Coffee. They're, they're hooking us up. And if you know anything about our church, which many of you do, because you're from our church, some of you guys are not from our church, but 
If you know anything about Living Word Bible Church, one big reason to join this church and be a member is the potlucks. Like, you know, if, if you're joining the church for the potlucks alone, that's a big thing, you know, because <laughs> the food is amazing in our church. <laughs> And we're going to be hosting the closer food. to God. Yes, yes. yes. You, you, the potlucks are a time of experiencing the blessing of the Holy Spirit and the creative glory of God in a very unique way because um, we have a, an amazing church that uh, people cook really good food. And so we're going to be, there's going to be good food at the conference. All Everything's included. And then we're going to have one of our good friends, Sam Hebert. He's going to be leading worship. He's going to be doing a concert Saturday night. And then our friend Andre Gorbin from uh, Living or from Word of Grace Bible Church in Vancouver, Washington, or technically Battleground, Washington, is going to be preaching on Sunday. So it's like a full weekend of really fun stuff. So please join us. Sign up at truenorthconference.com. Anything else on that, Sam? That's it. I'm excited. I'm nervous. I'm scared because we've never done anything like this. But yeah, it's, it's our inaugural event. So yeah. it's going to be really exciting. So. What are we talking about today? We are talking about a topic that is very interesting. And I feel like it's one of those topics you pull on. It's like a thread that you pull on and it pulls on like a whole bunch of personal, spiritual Mm. issues, social issues all around us. We're talking about fatherlessness today. And we're talking in a broader sense, fatherlessness in our culture um, and how fatherlessness in our culture, what is it and how does it manifest itself in our lives today? Why is it such an important thing for us to think about today. So basic definition, what would you say, how would you in a nutshell define fatherlessness? Man, that's hard because the topic of fathers doesn't fit in a nutshell, but I would say to understand fatherlessness, you have to understand what the purpose of a father is, right? So um, I think number one, fathers provide guidance and rules Mm -hmm. for living. And whether we realize it or not, as people, we crave rules we crave boundaries because it's the only way to really live a healthy life Mm -hmm. um so i mean if you look there's nothing loving about a father who doesn't set standards for his children who doesn't discipline them who doesn't have some rules for them to follow right right and the spiritual parallel of course is that god as a loving father sets rules for us Mm -hmm. as his creation to follow Mm-hmm. Um, he sets standards for us as his created as his created beings. Right. Um, but the other thing is that fathers pass on definitions of commitment to their children. Right. Commitment to their wives, commitment to their family. And if your definition of commitment in that capacity is weak, right. You know, if you grew up in a family where that was weak, then your definition of commitment to everything else in your life is probably going to be even weaker. Right. Yeah. What so, do you think? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like. If you just pause and think about the fact that God created mom and dad as a family structure for a very specific reason, right? And the presence of a father and the presence of a mother, they both have very essential roles Mm -hmm. in our entire development as human beings, spiritually, physically, emotionally, psychologically, relationally, right? So it, it is an essential component of growing up as a human being, as an individual, growing up into a balanced adulthood. Um, So dads, so just kind of a a couple more things to tack on to what is a dad, right? And then as we unpack this, we'll kind of talk about why are are we talking about fatherlessness? Because um, also early on, I want to point out, 
both we're we're talking about this not because we're bitter about our dads because I think I think we, we both had pretty good relationships with our fathers. Yes, yeah. we are very blessed and still do very gifted to have very present, consistent, stable, devoted, uh, honest dads. Mm-hmm. Um, but our you know our perspective on this comes out just living in this culture, relating to people around us, and seeing the reality of this problem. But before we go there. So fathers, what do, what do dads do? I think here's another thing to tack onto that. You said dads give rules, dads give structure, dads teach commitment. Um, dads model what strength looks like and security looks like, right? Mm, yeah. So a lot of these characteristics, they overlap between mom and dad, right? But they are emphasized more clearly in dad. Right, in than the father in figure. Right. Yeah. Throughout uh, history, that's not like just something that we we're saying, but like, Throughout the history of mankind, that's how it has been right. within right. the traditional family. Right. You can't avoid the reality of a, a fundamental difference in the roles of yeah. father and mother. Um, another one, you know, this is, and this is kind of maybe controversial to some people, but like dads teach us, especially boys, to fight with guns, to make war in, in, in a healthy way. So there's this, there's this I was listening to a, a little... Uh, excerpt by Jordan Peterson on this. And he was pointing out that, um, you know, there's this push today that basically masculinity is, traditional masculinity is dangerous and it's toxic. And look at all the shootings and and violence in the world. And then also look at uh, all the little boys who play with guns, right? And swords. Yeah. And here's the fundamental problem with that. The boys who know and learn how to play with guns as boys are not the boys that are shooting up people as men. Yeah. So dads teach you the correct use of weapons, war, defense, strength in your boyhood if a dad is present. Yeah. And... You know, even if your dad's not a gun, like my dad was never a gun person, but like the, the, the presence of a man and stability and strength and defense teaches you healthy and you grow up. It teaches up. you the boundaries that we yeah. were talking about earlier. I, yeah. I heard something interesting, like a good definition of power is strength under control, huh. right? Because power isn't just pure strength doing whatever you want, whenever you want, right? right? So a man, a good man, a good father teaches you power within its proper context. It mm-hmm. teaches how to control the strength that men have. Right. And, you know, like you're saying, how how to play with guns or or swords or whatever as a young boy in its proper way. You don't right. run up and hit your sister with it. Right. right. You protect your sister. Right. That's the difference. Yeah. Yep. And and um the presence of a father instill these things in in a kid in like even a subconscious way. You know what I'm saying? The other thing I want to tack on before we move on to the next question is dad, a dad's, um, you know, we, we're, we're saying all this like strength, commitment, sacrifice, and these are essentials, right? But also um, affection, I would, I would say. A father's affection is not the same thing as a mother's affection, Right. So a a dad who expresses affection for his children, a love and presence, hugging, kissing them, affirming them. um, It has a very different effect than a mother's mother's more nurturing. 
uh, a father's affection, which is so essential because I think oftentimes we, we are yeah. emphasizing the father's strength. Yeah. But the father's affection is very essential. It's confidence building. Yep. 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 It gives you like that anchor that you stand in this world and that mm-hmm. you can, your dad can have your back as a kid. Right. And, um, and all the other kids can like be picking or hating on you or whatever. But a kid who can go get his dad is a kid who's got guns kind of, you know, like a kid who's got uh, right. weapons to, to, to mentally, emotionally, psychologically fall back on these, yeah. these uh, support. Yeah. Father's a powerful emotional support structure in our world. Right. And I mean, most men, even after they, um, you know, go on and move out of their house still, you know, if you have a good relationship with your father, that continues after you're married, after right. you have your own family. Right. Dad is always someone you can call and get advice from. Right, right. So fatherlessness then, so we're talking about all this stuff. So fatherlessness is basically talking about either an absent father or an incomplete or distant mm, relationship yeah. with a father that lacks these characteristics. Right. So not necessarily physically being gone, but just, you know, the deadbeat dad as yeah. we think of him. Yeah. Yeah. And and I think when you broaden the the definition, you realize that fatherlessness as a phenomenon is huge outside of the even the divorce world. But like even in two parent households, a lot of young people today, because we grow in a culture where it's easy for men to retreat mm, yeah. and for men to withdraw, um, we live in a culture that is anti masculine. That doesn't encourage and empower men to be men. Yeah. That makes it almost a crime to be a man. Right. That's really, really fascinating. Actually, um, so you and I both listened to this podcast. It was an Al Mohler episode, Thinking in Public um, is is the one. And it was from- We'll put like, a link in this episode. Yeah. It was from 2013. So it was a little older, but um, the problem was the same. And he was interviewing a secular psychologist, a lady by the name of Helen Smith, who specializes in family psychology and dealing with violent children. And she wrote a book called Men on Strike, Why Men Are Boycotting Marriage. Marriage, education, and something else. Marriage, education, just commitment in general. And she started out by talking about how subconsciously, at least, young men are doing sort of a cost-benefit analysis. Right. And determining that the benefits of growing up in today's culture are not worth the responsibility of growing up. In other words, um, men are expected to grow up and have all this responsibility, but they're not given the privilege and respect that they used to be given. Mm -hmm. And if you look at um, pop culture, for example, um, it's almost like a man's status declines after he gets married and has a family. Right. You rarely see... It's like game over. Yeah, like that's it. Now you're you're locked down or, um, you know... And in a culture where, this is a whole different topic, where feminism gets so much attention, you know, empowering women, it's almost like um, people forget about the role of the man. And again, that's a whole different topic to unpack. But fathers on TV shows, movies, whatever it may be, it's they're rarely depicted as strong family leaders. It's always the deadbeat dad, the goofball. Homer Simpson. Homer, right, the idiot. And Sitting it's on the, the couch. mom who does all like, the work. Yeah, yeah. Mom is like the brains. Mom is the sanity. Mom is the controller mm-hmm. of the family, and dad is just the guy sitting on the couch. Yeah. But you never see beer. a healthy depiction of right. of men. I mean, sometimes you do it, but it's rare. Right. And that's very different from TV shows and movies of the past that very much did see men as 
as strong leaders. And in addition to that, I think that even some of us, for example, like some of our dads did not grow up in this culture. Like I'm speaking from like a, like a Russian uh, cultural background. So a lot of our dads did not grow up in this culture. They don't even watch these TV shows. Yeah. But because of the universal power of sin in the human heart, men and women are impacted by sin in different ways. And one of the temptations of men is to withdraw from their leadership. That's what, that's one of the temptation of the sinful heart of a man. And one of the temptations of a woman is to usurp and to take role, take charge in areas where God mm. did not give her. So, so you look all the way back to the story of the fall in Genesis, right, and that's right. exactly what happened. And that's why you can't even blame the culture alone. The reality of fatherlessness is a universal reality because of the universal work mm. of sin in human hearts. But the temptation of men is to withdraw, and is to go into their work, into their careers, into whatever, you know, show up show up for dinner, um, and then go back to their little world. Yeah. And so it, the, the problem of fatherlessness, it, it's crazy when you look at the statistics, when, when, when it's basic, basic analysis of today's culture that um, the presence, the, the lack of, of fatherly presence uh, puts you at a insanely higher risk for almost every single, like, risk factor, right? Right. There's some interesting statistics on that. Um, actually, there was a Johns Hopkins School of Medicine study. I don't know when it was done exactly, but it was pretty comprehensive. It was 1,377 subjects over 30 years. Dang. And they found that the most significant predictor of mental illness, hypertension, malignant tumors, coronary artery disease, and suicidal ideation it wasn't what you would think it would be like stress or smoking or whatever. It was a lack of closeness to your parents, in particular with the father figure. Dang. And I mean, that's really fascinating. So we see all these like problems like obesity and smoking and violence, right? But then you, you, you look and deeper, they're actually, a lot of them are linked. Yeah. And, I mean, it just makes you realize that there are psychological issues can cause, have physical manifestations. Right. But... Um, I mean, along those lines, going back to what we're talking about, men being afraid to be men, being afraid to take responsibility um, because of these cultural problems. I was talking to a young woman the other day, and she was expressing her her frustrations with dating men and also her, her girlfriend's frustrations with dating. And she was basically vocalizing that she couldn't, and her friends, they couldn't find men that were willing to just take a position on issues. Right. Who had strong opinions, who had thought through important questions mm -hmm. of our day um, about, you know, significant issues and had actually formed opinions. Right. They'd ask them, well, what do you think about this? And it's like, oh, I don't really know. I haven't thought about that. Or I kind of think this, but, um, you know, they just, they were afraid to just be men or to take right. initiative. Um, another thing is like, a frustration with guys that wouldn't plan a date. Right. They would ask a girl out, and then the, the, the day before, there there still wasn't a plan. Like right. we're gonna go do this, or um, I'll pick you up at this time. It was just so loosey goosey. Like you don't really know what's going on. Right. So when we talk about yeah, I think not everybody is gonna get when you say like fatherlessness. Right. Some people are like, oh, what is that? But yeah. when you say passive men. That uh, makes a lot. Of a lot sense. of people are like, "Oh yeah, passive men." Let me list off the list, right? Right. But here's the thing: when we talk about passive men, 
when men are passive, it means that all those roles of leadership, love, strength, sacrifice are abdicated. And when those roles are abandoned, a lot of people are hurt. A lot of people are impacted, especially all of us growing up, right? So that's why when you think about the issue of fatherlessness, look around everywhere in the culture and you see the impacts of fatherlessness. So yeah. speaking of that, let's let's kind of tease out some details like how does fatherlessness impact us uh, in general? How does it impact guys and girls differently? No, I think that, um, I mean, like what, what we've seen there is obviously that men don't know how to be men. They don't know how to take a position. They don't know how to be active instead of passive. They don't know how to lead. Um, and that affects everybody. It affects the workplace when men won't step up to the plate. It affects mm-hmm. families. It affects young men who don't have an example of a good father to look at. Uh, I mean, what do you think? How does that, that affect? Yeah, I think young the presence. Men? See, the thing, the presence of a stable, um, affirming, wise, consistent man in your life as a kid, um, your father specifically, it it kind of pours concrete into your soul. It, it in your sense of as a kid growing up. When there is a father or a father figure who is present consistently, it creates a whole different orientation of your place in the world, right? It's kind of like an anchor. Uh, You see a lot of things, school, whatever, friends, problems, right? A lot of stuff you deal with. But when there is a dad at home and home is a safe place and a stable place, Mm -hmm. it creates in you a deeper sense of confidence of strength of peace of uh of justice of order you know what i'm saying yeah. so when, when you don't have that all of this stuff comes as a baggage in your own approach to adulthood you know so i think like for guys um you know how i got on the subject of this fatherlessness like me and my wife were just talking about um challenges that we face as we're raising our millennial generation, right? Mm-hmm. And the generation behind, what's, what's, what's the generation behind millennial? Uh, Gen- generation uh, Z, I think. Z or generation something. Generation Zers or, yeah. Everybody, everybody coming up from millennials and behind and whatever. Like you look at so many guys today who just have no backbone, it's not even it's not even that they don't have backbone, it's that they don't really care about the world outside of their own personal interests. They and like you were saying guys who don't take a stand, like yeah. They don't take a stand not because they're dumb. They don't take a stand because they, they don't care. They were never taught to take a stand. They were never taught to care. Yeah. Right. So what a dad does, a dad pulls you out of your as a guy. A dad I think teaches you that there is a world outside of you and your personal comforts that responsibility commitment and sacrifice all these things force you out of your personal little bubble and force you to see yourself as a man who is part of the world part of society and you because god made you a man he has made you with obligations to lead to love to sacrifice to protect those are responsibilities you gotta you, you gotta take you gotta look around at the world you got to oh, exactly. listen, you got to you got to think, you got to have a, a, an opinion and a perspective. So a dad teaches you because a dad models that every day. A dad doesn't yeah. live for his own interests. He goes to work, he pays the bills, he fixes stuff. Right. 
So then, like, going along with that, um, one of the ways that it affects girls in particular is that um, their definition of a father figure, their experience with a father in their life influences the kind of man that they look for. Right. And if a girl has not had a good father influence, a good relationship with her father, or her father was just gone, it was unhealthy, whatever, um, they seek affirmation through the wrong methods, the wrong pathways, um, you know, they they seek attention from men maybe who are not good for them, who don't model right. good masculine behavior. Right. And y- you can't really blame them for this because they've never had a model of what a man is supposed to be. Right. They don't know what to look for. Right, right. And they and not only that, they they have a deeper hunger for that affirmation that they did not get at home. Right. And they have a hunger for, to have that affirmation from men, but they have no ability to, to seek it in a healthy, healthy way. what is healthy affirmation and what's yeah, not. Yeah, So right. you have girls who are putting themselves out there in very unhealthy ways, girls who have cycles of bad relationships mm-hmm. where, you know, sexual abuse culture, right. you know. Um, there's that really amazing song by John Mayer, um, and he says there's a line in there that he's thinking about a relationship with a girl that he he doesn't get, right? So here's here's the lyrics. I love it. It's, it's genius. It's beautiful art. <laughs> it's poetry. And it's so insightful. He says, I know a girl. She puts the color inside of my world. But she's like a maze where all the walls are continually changing. And all I've done, and I've done all I can to stand on her steps with my heart in my hand. Mm. Now I'm starting to see maybe it's got nothing to do with me. Wow. And then he's saying, fathers, be good to your daughters. Daughters will love like you do. Girls become lovers who turn into mothers, so mothers be good to your daughters too. So Wow, that's profound. Yeah, you never listen to that song super no, carefully, I actually, huh? I haven't heard that one, no. Are you serious? I it's haven't like heard, one of, no. It's like the most famous John Mayer song. But, I'm pretty sure Free Fallen is the most famous one. Well, sure. <laughs> but... The point there is like, he's like, this girl is so confusing and I don't understand what's going on. And then he's mm-hmm. like, I'm standing here with my heart in my hand on her doorsteps and I'm realizing it's got nothing to do with me. It's got everything to do with how she was raised and she's never been loved. She's yeah. never been loved well. You wow. Know? So girls who are hyper insecure about their bodies, about their relationships, um, it's going to go back inevitably to how you're loved by yeah. your father. And another thing I've seen is that often um, young women growing up in this feminist culture who who haven't had that affirmation from a father, they seek value in their careers right. because they're told you need to accomplish something as a woman. You need to go to college and become, you know, have some high paying career, become a lawyer or doctor or whatever it may be and be successful on your own by right. yourself. Right. It's not that those things are bad, but right. it's like there's two extremes, either the girl is very unhealthy and seeking that affirmation from guys in a very mm-hmm. unhealthy way, or the girl becomes like, screw this, I don't need men. Right. Uh, and I, I will make my own life, my own strength, my own everything, and I don't need men. And, and that's why we have an anti-man culture. In many ways, it's men's fault that our culture is so broken because men would not lead, and therefore women rebel against men. You know yeah. what I'm saying? So, I think you could talk about the roots of this cultural shift for a really long time. Obviously, that's not what we're doing here, but that is one of the reasons, right. I think, among among others. Right. Swerving around to guys again, though. Like, you know, you think about guys today who are just, um, guys just withdraw. And especially in a social media, internet culture, you know, the world of video games, um, 
the the world of YouTube, uh, the world of social media affirmation. Right. Like we just we we're dealing porn yeah. is huge, right? So pornography allows a guy to completely withdraw and to get what appears to be sexual fulfillment and affirmation with no strings attached. With no commitment, with no work. Right. With no social development. Right. Yeah. Right. It's like you're retarded. You're retarded socially, emotionally, and mentally, you know? Um, I think the proper word for that now is developmentally delayed. Yeah. <laughs> it's, it, you're messed up. Yeah. And exactly. and you th- and it's a and and in a culture like ours, it's so easy to just spiral you, you, and and be more messed up and more broken. And in many ways, it goes back to the fact that you've never been shown what it means to be a man, and right. you've never been affirmed by men, and you've never been inspired by men who are good. So you're gonna go and find out a social circle of guys, boys who are just as stupid as you who will help affirm your stupidity. Yeah. You know? And that's another thing is because men don't often, young men don't think about these extremely important issues and can't have conversations about things they have deep convictions about, they don't have a way to share that. They don't have friends that they can have deep conversations with. So instead, they get together, they joke around, uh, you get called names if you uh, express emotional weakness or you share your deep-seated issues with other guys, and it's not an emotionally safe place where you can reveal the deep yearnings and thoughts of your Challenges, real struggles, real battles. Yeah. Right. right. So to wrap up that part, um, an interesting quote from a sociologist at Rutgers University. Her name was Barbara Defoe Whitehead. Uh, She talks about parents uh, and children living with both parents. And she said that on every single significant outcome related to short-term well-being and long-term success, children from intact two-parent families outperform those with single-parent households. Longevity, drug abuse, school performance and dropout rates, teen pregnancy, criminal behavior, and incarceration, if you can measure it, a sociologist has. And in all cases, the kids living with both parents drastically outperform the others, unquote. Mm-hmm. So like that's that's fatherlessness in a nutshell. Mm-hmm. There is a clear social benefit that even secular psychologists realize to living with both parents. A mother provides certain influences and a father provides influences. Wow, yeah. So diving then deeper and asking the question even more, how does fatherlessness affect our spiritual life. How does fatherlessness affect our view of God and our ability to follow Jesus? Right. Now that's an interesting question and honestly that's that's the heart of it right there is if your relationship with God isn't correct, your relationship with men will not be correct. And if your relationship with men is not correct, your relationship with God will not be correct. Right. They they build on each other. And I think Like going back to what I said earlier, we get our definitions of rules and commitments and submission and strength and leadership from how we experienced our father figure. And that impacts how we view God. And I think I mentioned this on a a previous podcast at one time, but um, a young woman I knew, she 
didn't have the best relationship with her father. And she talked about how she was in church one time and, and they were singing this, the worship song, um, he's a good, good father. I don't know if that's actually the name of the song, if that's just a line in it. Right. But she said that she couldn't relate to that. Mm. She couldn't relate to the idea of having a good father. So looking at God spiritually, she was like, I don't, I don't understand what it's like to look at God as a good father, because I never experienced what a good father is like on earth. Right. Right. So that's actually, yeah, that's, that's perfect. I think your there's a really, really important reason why the Bible chooses to call God father. Right. So yeah. that kind think about it. The fatherhood of God existed before the fatherhood of man. So the fatherhood of man hmm. is, is only a shadow of true fatherhood, which is found in God. God is not borrowing worlds for, uh, words from our world into his. It's the other way around. Right. When we call dad, dad, and the existence of dads, God created that to have an angle uh, of perspective for us to see w- who he is towards us, you know? So a, an imperfect or, or a distant um, dad or, or a non-present dad, it's, it's going to impact. So whatever it is that the deficiency was in your dad. So if your dad was critical, for example, never affirming you, you know, you're, you're going to struggle with seeing God uh, as the one who accepts you, that right. loves you. And you're always going to be trying to try please to God, yeah. try to be good enough, right? Um, or the other way around. I, I've seen it the other way around where your dad is critical and therefore... Um, you accept a, such a loving and open, affirming yeah, yeah, yeah. view you're of God. Just, you're always you like, God is so standards. merciful. God is yeah. so loving. God is so good. Like It's almost as if like you're running to that yeah. as a compensatory mechanism to the imperfection of your own dad. Mm, you know, yeah. And so you emphasize, and that's not necessarily bad, but what it has a potential of is... It's imbalanced. Right, yeah. right. For you to have an imbalanced view of God based on an imbalanced experience of fatherhood in your own life. Mm-hmm. So that... What does this then mean? Like, I guess some people are listening to this, right? And they're like, okay, well then I, you know, what do I do? Like, if if I had some sort of experience of fatherlessness in my life, does that mean that I'm just locked out from experiencing life per- correctly, from experiencing God correctly, uh, and I got nothing left, or what? Right. No, I mean not at all, because yeah, and it, it almost we have to be careful, you know, when we're talking about these subjects, because our goal is not to make people feel like they're less of a person because maybe they didn't have the same relationship with their father that we did or that we're talking about. Um, it just means that you have to be more aware of where you came from, mm-hmm. and what your background is. There's healing for everybody. Um, so long as you're willing to heal and you're willing to ask um, God and the people around you, you know, for, for love and for patience and for understanding. Yeah. And you, you have to, the first step in changing anything in your life is just recognizing that something needs to be changed. Right. Right. I think that recognizing your own brokenness is the first step to redemption. Right. And that's actually the opposite of conviction, just, uh, like labeling you and, um, uh, basically saying that you have no hope. Actually, it's the opposite. Yeah. The gospel gives us hope, but hope in our challenges. And you have to identify those challenges, you know? So I think the first thing to realize is that no matter how imperfect our fatherhood is in this world, um, 
no dad or no man or no male figure in your life is ever going to match up and meet up to the standard of true fatherhood that you find in God. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Like God is the perfect father. So stop being mad at your dad for being imperfect uh, because he never will be perfect. No dad will be perfect. None of us will be, no man will be perfect ever. Yeah. So the first thing, the first aspect of freedom and, and that's the other thing that also kind of liberates us from just being victims because we're in a victim culture. Like, Mm, oh, look at me. I didn't have a dad. So therefore I have the right to just be a jerk. Right. No, because you respond to being sinned against with your own sin, you know? Yeah. So you can't, you, you don't, you're not off the hook just because you were raised by a bad dad or, or somebody that was not present as a male figure. Like that doesn't mean that you can just be a loser and a jerk and, and a pushover and not care about the world. That's not an excuse. You're going to answer to God for your sin yourself. Just like anybody else. Right. Yeah. Yeah. And one of the things I think practically that you can do if you're maybe a young person who hasn't had that healthy relationship with your own father um, is you can seek out friends who must. are from families. Yeah, it's not just you can. You must in order to to really understand fatherhood. But seek out friends who do have a healthy relationship with their father and you know become friends with them and with their family and observe and watch. And um, I, I don't want to say substitute that person as your father figure mm-hmm. because you can't ever truly do that, but you can learn. You can see what a proper family looks like right? when you do that. To add to that, I think you could say seek out uh, strong, stable, consistent male presence in your life. Yeah. Whether you're a guy or a girl. Um, you, you need to have men in your life who are spiritual men of integrity, men of wisdom, sacrifice, love, who can exist in your life as those anchors in whatever capacity, some closer, some further. But if you seek that out in your life, you will be a stronger person from it. Um, you will benefit from that. Uh, and even I think that's that's something that's important for people who even had good dads. Like a good dad will push his son into mentors that are going to be good for him. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Um, friends who are wiser and stronger. Yeah. Um, yeah. And another thing, if you are, say, a young woman who's dating and you maybe don't know what a good definition of a father is, you should be very intentional about reading and about observing people from good family backgrounds. And also don't let the guy off the hook demand that he be a leader and that he have opinions about things and that he think through the world. Um, you know, I I think that part of it is that a lot of times women don't demand much of men in society and that's just making the problem worse. Right. Young women, need to demand that their men be men. Yeah, yeah. And connected to that, I think, you know, for me personally, it's like I've always, I've been around young people, you know, in church, always, I've always been like youth ministry or young adults ministry or college ministry. And like looking around and realizing like, man, you know, I want to, you know, help 
create a culture, a community of young people that is encouraging, inspiring, empowering. As I'm kind of looking at all the options and ways of doing that, the thing that I've come back to over and over is the simple foundational reality of the church as a spiritual community and the family as an anchor, uh, spiritually, emotionally, relationally, like all of us guys and girls need to have a firmly fixed, deep, deep value of the reality of the church and the reality of the family. Cause like mm. the church is a community of multi-generational people following Christ together. You know? Yeah. Um, the church is a community ideal. It's an ideal place where everything happens. We worship, we pray, we grow, we learn, uh, we mentor, we serve, we, we do good deeds in the community. Uh, we help each other out, right? Like it's, it's all integrated and the presence of strong men it creates that spiritual family that you may have lacked. It, it, it fulfills, it fills in the gaps for the incompetent or passive fathers that exist in our life. So that's a, like you have to, you can't, if, if you, if you as a young person don't value building strong families and building the church, everything else you're going to do, you're, you're still kind of, missing the core uh, in your life. If you're not part of a spiritual community, if you're not, um, if you don't value family and marriage and uh, raising kids, you're still missing the, the, the foundations. Yeah, I think in terms of like my own life and just seeing that having male friendships and mentorship in my life where I can think, speak, struggle, grow with other men is so essential. And a lot of times yeah, in our culture, guys are non-relational. And even in the church, it's like we have so many great potentials for men to grow together, uh, to grow in relationship, accountability, affirmation, inspire each other. And guys are just like, passive, you know, don't show up. It's like, this is, you, you need this. Yeah. We need this. You know, men need to seek out mature, strong friendship with other guys that will challenge, inspire them. A lot of guys, a lot of guys, iron sharpening iron. Yeah. 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 A lot of guys are just too insecure to be around guys who will challenge them as, as in, in a loving, friendly manner. That's a huge problem. And that goes back to men just not being willing to commit to things, being afraid of being exposed, not knowing what they're talking about. Yeah. Right. But it's just cool to just kind of end on this basic observation that God invented the church and the family as the most important vehicles of redemption in the world. Mm. And your soul, your heart, your mind, your relationships, they're rebuilt within these community structures. And especially when it comes to fatherlessness, you, you need to see these things. You need to see how important the family is and for you to grow and build a family someday, pray about it, learn about it. Learn about what it means to be a good father or a good wife, um, a good mother. Um, learn about what it means to be a, a member of the church. Commit, serve, give your time, tie yourself to people who won't let you off the hook. That's going to start pouring that concrete uh, of affirmation, commitment, love, and spiritual maturity and submission, you know? Yeah. Um, and at the end of it also, just seeing God. Um the ultimate father, like he is present and he is strong. He is the defender. He is the judge. He is the redeemer. 
And in Christ, we have all of God. And he lives in our hearts. Yeah. You know? Good stuff. So thank you guys for listening. We hope to see every single one of you, if you are between the ages of 18 and 30, perhaps, uh, or 16 and 30, at the True North Conference next week. We don't care where you live, buy a plane ticket and and show up here. Come. We'll (laughs) find you a bed here in, in, in one of our homes. Um, August 2 and 3 um, Bellingham, Washington thank you guys so much for listening please share um, give us feedback Facebook let us know what you think give us any other topic suggestions you might be interested in hearing about yeah and share it with your friends yeah thank you guys so much for listening and we will talk to you again soon